Brenda, that is a great choice. Brenda emailed me and said, yes, there are many powerful songs that do it for me, but the one that really does it is the live duet by George Michael and Elton John, Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me, and that's the song right there. I agree. I prefer this one to the original version by far. So great choice. We're talking about songs today that give you goosebumps, right? That frisson, that scientific phenomenon that we were talking about earlier with our guest, Sam Gilbert. What's it for you? Let us know. Simi at cknw.com. We're going to find out what does it for Rob Shaw. Rob Shaw, political correspondent for Czech News, joins us now. What's your favorite song, Rob, the one where you're like, when you were when you were doing the ride to conquer cancer and you were on that bike and it was like so hard to push through, what was the song that did it? Oh, man, this is even hard. I didn't know we were doing this this morning. So, um, well, you know, Vaughn well, listens to the show before he comes on, so he knows what we're talking about. Well, that's a veteran move. That's a veteran move. <laughs> I, I just roll out of bed and turn the microphone yeah. on. And go, oh, hey, everybody. <laughs> I'll think about that and get back to you by the end of the segment. As I'm talking, I'll come up with a song. Is, is it Taylor Swift? Is it Shake It Off? I'll oh, bet yeah, you it's that, Shake It Off, isn't it? That that would be good. That would be good. <laughs> that would be an on-brand selection. It would be for you. Okay, so Rob's going to think about his song. In the meantime, we'll talk some politics. Quite the responses that we heard yesterday when it came to being tough on crime, isn't it? Yeah, I, you know, yesterday morning when we talked, it looked like it was going to be an awful day for the NDP government because you had the BC United Party waiting with a previously scheduled announcement on public safety that had just, you know, managed to land at the exact same time. People are furious about the Chinatown triple yeah. stabbing from the weekend and the history of this, uh, the suspect, the person charged who was out on the unescorted day pass and who killed his 16-year-old daughter and then was out again and then stabbed someone and then was... Like, like that got people angry. And what was fascinating about the way that yesterday played out is in order for BC United to really capitalize and launch off of that into their public safety plan to get that out into the public mind, they needed to say that they were outraged and you know, horribly just shocked and appalled by this stabbing and demand, you know, something. And Kevin Falcon kind of duffed it. He he came out and said, um, well, you know, this, certainly this appears to be, a, you know, a, a, a bad event uh, and we'd like uh, an inquiry to what's going on. But, you know, I, I don't want to prejudge things because, um, you know, I, I, it's very early stage and we need to get more information. And that, you know, answer went nowhere and wasn't used anywhere in any stories or didn't resonate. And you probably never even heard it because no one quoted it. And then David Eby, the premier, came out with the most sort of impassioned, emotional response I've ever seen from him. And mm-hmm. I've covered him since he was in opposition because he's a, you know, tight lawyer who very rarely gets emotional. And he comes out with that clip that you've been playing it's been on the news. It's been on the radio since yesterday about being white hot angry, right? Like, yeah, cannot fathom how this is happening. What the heck is going on? And that's what leads the newscasts. That's what tops the stories. That's what people hear. And I think it was an example of the reason David Eby and the NDP are still doing so well in the polls. And there's another poll out this morning showing him uh, from Angus Reid up three points in the premier's poll. Um, and the reason John Horgan did so well is they have a much better read of the public mood than BC United. And yesterday was another example of that, I think, where Premier David Eby, 
seemed to know people were outraged by this, just furious and and confounded. And he rose to the moment on that and expressed that on their behalf. And it, it wasn't a decision of his. It was the BC Review Board, this independent group. And he basically tore a strip off of them saying, we're going to rack open all the cases of people who are on day passes right now, make sure they're not a risk. We're going to throw some independent person in there. And, and you know, like he went after them and BC United did not. And so I think yesterday was a fascinating example in politics of how you can have a, and like, look, the BC United crime plan has got some interesting stuff in it. It is, yeah. Probably don't, no one's talking about it. Um, and, and you know, recognizing how you communicate your policies and, and get them to the public is just as important as the policies themselves. It's the pivot, right? And as you point out, mm-hmm. it is the ability to, like yesterday was supposed to be a hospital announcement, and sure they got to that, but to be able to still make a good comment on what people are talking about. And perhaps that's something that the opposition needed to lean into more to say, okay, we've got this plan, but let's start by talking about this because that's what people are talking about. Yeah, and link the two. You don't have to blame um, David E., who didn't make the decisions to put um, that person, uh, that suspect out. But it's part of a larger series of stabbings and a larger series of attacks, a larger feeling of lack of safety uh, that some people have, especially in you know, the downtown core, the downtown east side, Chinatown, like, and I don't think that linkage was made very well. And so the BC United crime plan kind of whimpered out a little bit. But like, you know, again, there are some interesting things in it, Simi. And like, one of the things we should be talking about, and people should be talking about, and I guess we will, as the months go forward, is there the pledge from BC United to immediately end decriminalization. Yeah. We is, actually are uh, going to talk about it later on the show. I should mention this. We're talking. We are talking about it in our eight o'clock hour because I was a bit surprised by it. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting. I mean, the the United Party's been working its way up to this. They did sign on to the idea in an all party committee uh, last year. Uh, they, they supported the initial idea, and then they've been backing away from it ever since. And you can accuse them of flip flopping. They say, well, you know what? It just isn't working. Just the the evidence shows there there are more people. Uh, using drugs in public spaces and decriminalization, which was supposed to reduce stigma uh, and and maybe has, has done nothing uh, for the uh, overdose death rate, which continues to be at historic levels this year. Uh, it doesn't appear to have, it has frustrated municipalities who have tried to bring in their own bylaws to clear people using needles and other drug paraphernalia and playgrounds and beaches away and discover that their bylaw officers can't do it without changes. Uh, it is a a very clear-cut electoral ballot box option choice that the party can present to voters next year. And yeah. uh, I think it'll come back. I think people, I think they can, you know, rejig it to, and reintroduce it and get people talking about it because it is a clear and interesting policy uh, platform. We are talking politics with Rob Shaw this morning, who's still actually working on the song that gives him goosebumps. Any any progress well, you know, on that? You know what? The 1877 Cars for Kids jingle does the job, too. That's pretty good. Are we going to make that yours, Rob? Because we could make that your song if you would like. <laughs> no, no, I'm not good that's it. That's going to be your theme song. No oh, more okay. no more Taylor Swift for you. That's what we're going to do for you. Okay. That's free advertising. <laughs> yeah, they're going to love you. Let's talk about these announcements that happened yesterday. So we talked about Premier Abe and and his reaction uh, to the Chinatown stabbing, but the announcement was actually about Surrey and hospitals. And so what did we learn about that? 
Yeah, well, okay, so the Surrey Hospital, which uh, has not even put a shovel in the ground yesterday, uh, is already more than two, almost three years behind schedule and a billion dollars over budget before it even starts. That was fast. That was kind of, yeah, that was fast. The NDP buried that lead down amidst all of the patting on the back uh, yesterday of the Surrey Hospital. But the problem that the government has ended up with in Surrey is... A classic one for governments. It wanted to congratulate itself every step of the way in building the Surrey Hospital because it's very important. It's got so many MLAs there. It's such a key part of the battleground of the lower mainland. So it, you know, made a big to-do about announcing it was going to do it and a big to-do about the business case and a big to-do about putting things out for tender. And every time there's a fancy press release and Adrian Dix is there for a press conference and along the way, they locked themselves into this price of $1.7 billion. And it was last June that they did a big event, Adrian Dix, all the people there saying, we've put this project out for tender. Look at how great we are. Vote NDP. And that $1.72 billion tender that they put out came back, according to Premier David Eby, at 2.8. The, the companies looked at it and said, no, we're not going to build it for that. And they came back with 2.8. And the NDP was left with no choice in the Premier's um, uh you know, way he described it. We had to build it. This is what it costs. It's not hospitals, not any bigger. It's like 168 beds. It still does not have the maternity ward. It does have the cancer center and everything the NDP have been talking about, but it's the same. And it's a billion dollars more due to the labor costs, due to the material shortage, due to the, how long it's taken to sort of go and and get the shovels in the ground. And, you know, are people going to care? I think probably not. We're the NDP are very fortunate, very fortunate. We live in a time where you know the rising cost of a project is not by the electorate seem to be considered uh, the incompetence of government because you remember how big a deal the NDP made out about the BC Place Dome yeah. being over budget, the Vancouver Convention Center, you know things but, that are outside of government's control. You can make get, them seem we're all getting that now yeah. though. Like we're all people getting love that. those things. Yeah, yeah, and they and they love the final project. So yeah, Surrey Memorial is insanely over budget. And is it going to be $2.8 billion? I sincerely doubt it. Um, but people want that second hospital. Right. They need yeah. it. And they may not care. So that, that may be the calculus there. You're right about that. That's a lucky thing for a political party is that we all know that prices are going up. We're experiencing it every day. So this obviously doesn't surprise people when they hear this. It was never really a fair criticism, you know, if a government commissions a big project and at the end it comes in, you know, a couple hundred million over budget, the evergreen line or something like that. You go, oh, this, you know, the premier's incompetent. All the ministers are stupid and they don't understand business. And they didn't really have anything to do with it. It was supply and demand and materials. And the NDP are very fortunate that people don't make that um, complaint about them now because this is this, this, this overrun is crazy before it even starts. And I don't think if you went to people and said, well, this is because David Eby and the NDP, uh, uh, you know, are horrible builders that they would they would get it. I think they would say, no, we all know that this is over budget. So, um, you know, good one for the NDP there. They're skating on something that's been a classic government issue for years. They're also fortunate in that some of that got overshadowed by Premier Eby's comments on the Chinatown stabbing. Yeah, they did. And, uh, you know, I think. The Surrey Hospital will continue to sort of reverberate because it's going to take so long to to build. Yes. And there is still that debate about where why is there not a maternity, um, you know, ward there, and why is it? It's still only 168 beds, which is 
you know, not uh, huge. It's yeah. not any not any bigger than it was when they announced it uh, several years ago. So that may continue to be a, an issue. But all the NDP MLAs were there yesterday. The four cabinet ministers in Surrey. Uh, everyone got a shutout. Everyone got to hold the shovel and and toss the the dirt onto the ceremonial <laughs> beginning. So that's really what it's about is right. is delivering uh, the you pictures, know, no matter the cost. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the pictures were. I put a cat in one of the pictures because of that's, that's what I do. But uh, a lot of ceremonial pictures where everyone, every New Democrats uh, with any Surrey connection, was able to get something that they can use on the doorsteps in the next election to show, look how I, I delivered for you. Well, you're right though, Rob, because that last 24 hours it turned out to be pretty interesting in terms of BC politics. We thought it was going to be one thing, and it turned out to be kind of different the way it was perceived. That's what makes politics so interesting, you know, the public sentiment, the public mood, how things are done, how they're received, how people handle kind of a changing situation. And uh, I think the next 24 hours could be very interesting, too. So you never know. Tomorrow morning, when you hear that one eight seven seven cars for kids jingle and I get on the air, we could be talking about uh, something totally different. You know what? You're being sarcastic, but we're going to do it now. We're going <laughs> to. So, thanks for that, Rob. Okay. <laughs> that is Rob Shaw, political correspondent for Czech News. By the way, he mentioned the latest Angus Reid polling out. The Angus Reid Institute takes a look at Premier's approval ratings right across the country. The latest one for the month of September just out this morning. And yes, uh, it does show an improvement for uh, BC's Premier David Eby, up three points actually with a 48% approval rating. Ahead of them is the Premier of Newfoundland and Labrador, uh, the Premier of Newfoundland or Nova Scotia, and uh, Scott Moe from Saskatchewan. Uh, so he actually comes out pretty well on that, up three points. The one that it was actually really bad for was uh, Ontario Premier Doug Ford, down five points actually. Now the second uh, least popular premier in the country. That's for Doug Ford. Good month, though, it sounds like, for David Eby. So lots to come when it comes to politics. We'll have more with Rob Shaw, of course, tomorrow. 